Do you know what my favorite price is? Free 99. I am a sucker for free stuff. It could be free t-shirts, free pens, free lanyards, even if I don't ever use it in the future. I love getting free stuff. And so that's why I wanted to put together my five favorite free Bible study tools and give them to you because there are some fantastic free software options to go deeper in your Bible study, to answer questions that you have about the Bible and about God from reputable sources, and to really help you on your faith journey. So if you want to download my free guide with my top free Bible study tools, just go to fivefreebibletools.com. That's the number five, freebibletools.com, or you can click the link in the show notes to download your copy today. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. I'm Travis Albritton, a former rocket scientist turned digital missionary, here to bring you the bite-sized tips and strategies you need to become an effective Christian. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into it. Last week here on the podcast, I shared an, a conversation that I had with Michael Burns, a dear friend of mine, uh, a phenomenal Bible teacher who has really been focusing on the issue of race, culture, and and how those things impact the kingdom of God and the the junk that comes into our churches just because we live in a fallen world. And it was a fantastic, fantastic conversation. If you haven't listened to it yet, I highly encourage you to do so. But in this episode, I wanted to recap what my biggest takeaway was from that conversation and really uh, shine a light on this part of our interview, because I think it speaks to a couple of things. Number one, for Christians who, for the very first time, maybe ever, are starting to wake up to the injustices that our brothers and sisters of color experience on a consistent basis, this whole period of existence can feel deeply unsettling because you just aren't sure where things are going to land. Where are we ultimately going? And so when I asked Michael where he thought we should be going, what should we be focused on? This was his response. A thousand percent, we don't want to uh, copy the world. If you if you copy the world, you end up looking like the world. And I think we have to take a step back first and go, how's the world doing with this? Um, you know, they've been failing since uh, whatever year the Tower of Babel was, you know. So the, the, the failure of the world to bring the nations together is a well-established reality. Uh, I think the only solution is the kingdom of God. And so I think the first thing we need to do is really seek out an understanding of kingdom allegiance and the fullness of that. And it's far bigger and more demanding of our allegiance than I think we tend to realize or have, have really grasped in the past. Um, I, I think another challenge there is uh, you know, let me put it this way. Um, if I have, say, a younger sibling and growing up, I'm bigger, I'm older. And so my parents always give us a pizza and let me have, uh, you know, seven pieces and then they have one piece. And all of a sudden there's a point where they realize, wow, you know, your younger brother's really gotten older. That's really not, you know, we're going to change things. You're each going to get four. Well, that's going to feel like horrible oppression to me because I'm used to getting seven and now I'm only getting four. What I'm not seeing is that it used to be seven to one and now it's four to four. 
So when all you've ever experienced is advantage and superiority, equality feels like oppression. And that's something that I think uh, is going to be very disorienting for a, a lot of people. And as Christians, we've got to really cling to the cross here and say, Jesus called us to a sacrificial lifestyle. So let's do it. Let's let's be willing to make those changes. So it goes without saying, but I 100% agree that the kingdom of God is the answer, right? And, and to any Christian who has experienced life in the world and trying to fix your own problems, you can see, yeah, we're not going to be able to rely on politicians to fix these problems. We're not going to be able to rely on passing certain laws in order to fix these inequalities, not just in the way that uh, brothers and sisters of color are treated, but then also the ramifications and the impact of decades and centuries of being put at a disadvantage. And that's where Michael proposed something or brought something up that really intrigued me because I had never really looked at this this way. Uh, if you have read 1 Corinthians, you're fi- probably familiar with the section where it's talking about the different parts of the body and how each part is important and that the parts of the body that are more presentable, and that's the way that Paul frames it, uh, need no special treatment. But the weaker parts, the special parts, they need special uh, assistance and the rest of the body needs to rally around them. So hear what he has to say about First Corinthians, and then taking that and applying it to this situation in particular, the, the racial injustice and the conversations around racism that are happening right now. In First Corinthians 12, uh, you know, the whole letter in Corinthians, one, he's addressing divisions. And one of the big divisions that runs throughout is they were bringing in the social hierarchy of Rome and reproducing it in the church in various different ways. Even in chapter 11, he says, you're even doing it in communion at the Lord's Supper. You're separating people out by social hierarchy. That's not even the Lord's Supper you're taking at that point. Um, and so he's, he's pretty direct about it. And in chapter 12, he's still addressing these inequities. And that's the part about, you know, we need all parts of the body and you can't say, I don't need you and all of that sort of stuff. And his basic point, let me boil it down, is this. If there's a part of the body of Christ, a a segment of the population that is dehumanized or marginalized or pushed down the social ladder out in the world, then treat them with special honor inside the body of Christ. Don't play this game of, no, we're going to treat everybody the same in the body of Christ because that's not equity. Equity is if you're pushed down in the world, then we're going to have to make special uh, concession, special arrangement to maybe educate you in the body of Christ, to give you access to that, to give you access to uh, economic equality, to give you access to, you know, whatever it may be, and to make sure that those uh, statuses and hierarchical levels don't come into the church. And I don't think we've done enough of that. And we haven't really done that at all, to be honest. Um, it's something, and I'm not trying to toot a horn here, but it's something for five years, my wife and I've tried to bring up at workshops and we mostly get like blank stares because I don't think people grasped the idea that, man, when people are treated inequitably out in the world for hundreds of years, 
in the church, we're going to have to really be creative about some systems to make that equal within the church. And that's not favoritism. That's not what favoritism is. That's what Paul is calling for um, in First Corinthians 12. So this is definitely an idea that I have not heard uh, hardly at all in the church, at least not framed in this way. Certainly, uh, we want our brothers and sisters to come into the church and feel welcome, to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves, and that we all see each other equally. But Michael really encourages us to look at the the original church, the initial church in the first century, and how the call to them was to upend the social hierarchy that they were a part of as a part of the Roman civilization, that if they were coming into the church as people that owned slaves, that they were to treat their brothers and sisters who were slaves, not just as equals, but to use their position and whatever privilege they have to give them a slingshot forward, that the kingdom of God needs to be a counterbalance to the world, that if brothers and sisters of color are facing oppression and injustice in the world, we need to not just be a safe place for them to come and shelter emotionally and spiritually, but a place where the rest of us can rally around them and help them move forward, use whatever resources, whatever abilities we have to sacrifice on our behalf to give to them. In Michael's words, to give three of our pieces of pizza to them. And it will certainly feel sacrificial. It will certainly feel like we are giving of ourselves and it might not even feel fair. But I think the other thing that he touched on that is so critical is that fairness is not the goal. It can't be the goal. It was not fair that Jesus was crucified, right? So Jesus understood that better than anyone ever will. And so we should not be aiming for fairness, for equality in the sense that we're all treated equal. We should instead put our focus and our energy in figuring out how do we act as a counterbalance? How do we make up for the injustice in the world within our church community? Now, what that looks like and how you do that is really up to you. I would encourage you to pray about it. Pray for God to put things on your heart. If you have not to this point felt oppressed, if you are in the dominant culture, whether you're white or otherwise, and you see opportunities to use your position in your company to help a brother or sister get a job interview, maybe that you have financial resources to reach out to a single mother in your congregation and help them with their bills, especially right now with the coronavirus and everything that's going on. Look for opportunities to use whatever God has given you to the benefit of others and do it sacrificially. Do it without expecting anything in return. In that way, not only can we demonstrate the love and the heart of Jesus in our congregations, but we can really be a light to the world and show them the solutions you're coming up with aren't going to fix this problem. The only way that we're going to see justice done is by bringing the kingdom of God to earth. That's it for today. Don't forget to take advantage of this week's free resource by clicking the link in the show notes and be sure to share this episode with your ministry leader, a person in your small group, or just a friend from church. Thanks for listening to today's episode and I'll talk to you soon.